0: Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game parlays? you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win. How many goals will be scored? And more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. a call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast My name is Darren, thank you very much for tuning in Episode 218 of the big show Some enforcer based podcasting coming at you Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network How's everybody doing out there? Happy Father's Day To you folks, to the fathers out there Um, yeah, it is like, uh, Saturday night here at like 1115. I'm recording this. Yeah. Nothing like waiting to the last minute. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, oh, I was gonna do it yesterday when I got home from work and then I was, eh, you know, whatever. I got too comfortable and then, oh, then I was gonna do it today, but I worked this morning and then this afternoon I was kind of did a few things around the house and I was sitting in the chair in a nice cool basement and then just ended up like falling asleep for like three hours. Um, so yeah, and then I went out to my, and then I went into into the city and hung out with the old man, dropped some beer off and whatever, sat there for a few hours, uh, watched the remainder of that shitty ass hockey game and then uh, uh, came on home. Um, yeah, uh, wife's upstairs coughing and hacking away and doing report cards, so I figured I'd hide down here and talk to you guys for a little while. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know, the Sunday episode here. I, I don't know. Um, I wrote a few things down in the truck during the week, as I do. But, um, I don't know. Just kind of, eh. You know. Um, I hope everybody went back and uh, uh, last episode of Wednesday, had the champ was in Daniel Ainsbury. Of course, he was the Ice Wars champion. And, uh yeah he was he was fun to talk to we not only talked about ice wars but we talked about his uh you know his minor his junior and minor league career and uh he told some funny stories and uh it was a great guest i enjoyed having him on and uh i look forward to see uh, ice wars 2, see him defend the defend the crown or however they're gonna do it um uh i'm not sure if it's been officially announced but uh it's already been put out on social media so it's not like i'm uh you know, uh, you know, breaking any taboo rules here as it's already been put out there. But, uh, once again, Ice Wars 2 will be happening again in Edmonton at the River Creek Casino August 6th. So, uh, once again, hopefully I can, uh, I can work some, you know, August pretty tough in the summer, but hopefully I can work some, uh, some, some magic and, and get the time off. And, uh, I'd like to head down there again and check it out, see round two. I think that'd be, uh, pretty interesting and it'll be interesting to see, um, uh, uh the guy well i already know i won't throw it out there yet but i know there is there is a a former minor league tough guy that has signed up and he, and uh, is ready to go and he is new to the he'll be new to the roster um i will not uh i'm not trying to be coy or anything but i'm not going to throw it out there until uh, i'm not going to spoil um you know any of the announcements or anything so um i won't do that um but i think um, I know talking to Daniel privately and and a few other guys, um, there are definitely some guys that want that are interested now. I think, I, <clears throat> well, I don't think I know. I think uh, the guys were waiting to see how the first one went. They're just kind of like, okay, let's see if this all goes through and you know that it actually happens and the checks clear and everything else, and then and then we'll see what happens. And I think once they saw that it was uh, it went through and it was on pay per view and. And, and what have you. And now it's um I know there's a few cats that came out of the woodwork that are interested. So um it'll be interesting going forward um how the second one shapes up. Are they gonna like I'm assuming they're talking about weight class and like I think they're really serious about the weight class thing. Um but it'll be so it'll be interesting another tournament. Like does Dan does Amesbury fight in the tournament again or does he fight the winner or like does he have a separate fight? Like I know Morastan and him had the little Square off there at the end of uh, Ice Wars, the first one. So does that mean uh, Morasti and Amesbury fighting us in a like a title bout? Um, but at the same time, I think you know Morasti with I believe there's a second season of he being recorded and everything else. So I mean, who knows if he's even around for the August sixth pay per view? I have no idea. So um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of questions uh you know going into the second one but uh nonetheless there is going to be a second ice horse so um in Edmonton on August 6th so I'm uh, hopefully I can get down there again and I had a lot of fun at the first one meeting everybody and uh and uh and just just taking it in live and you know filming it I put a bunch of it up on on my Facebook page and uh you know and I'll do that again if I'm if I'm uh able to get down there for the second one here so yeah looking forward to it um but yeah, other than that, guys, um, one event um, that I want to talk about, though, that is coming up on June 25th, um, it is the uh, the Titans Boxing Club, which is owned and operated by uh, Dean Mayrad out in Cold Lake, Alberta. Um, they're having an event at the Cold Lake Energy Center, and it's a, uh, it's a boxing event, and it's going to feature uh, two pro fights and then 16 amateur fights. and you're sitting there telling me why why are you telling me about this darren well let me tell you um no well not only is dean my friend and i want to promote his event um but the very own our the cowboy curtis swanson is going to make his boxing debut he is one of the amateur fights uh so that'll be next weekend so uh looking forward to see how that goes. I know he's been training for a year and a bit here at the, at the, at the boxing gym. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new challenge for him. And, uh, I know he just, you know, that's why he just likes to compete and fight and get in there. So, um, if anybody listened to my, uh, my interview with him leading up to ice wars, he talked about his boxing and his sparring and, uh, yeah. So he's been taking it really serious here for the last year, year or so. So, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Curtis's amateur debut. Um, so if, uh, if you're in the Cold Lake area, uh, please support the event. It, it, like I said, it's the 25th here next weekend at the Energy Center, uh, 18 boats and then uh, some a live band afterwards and, and all that. So I think it'll be a fun night. Um, obviously if you're, if you can't make it, um, it is actually going to be on YouTube. It is going to be live streamed on YouTube at the Titans, that's T-I-T-A-N-S, Titans Boxing Club, uh, YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to the channel and, uh, watch the live feed. We can all, uh, let's all check out and cheer on Swanson, Curtis Swanson, as he makes his boxing debut in, uh, in the amateur fight. So that'll, that'll be kind of cool, I think. So yeah, Titans Boxing Club. There you go, uh, June twenty fifth, Cold Lake, Alberta. So, uh, and if you can't be there live, on YouTube, uh, yeah. So that that'll be pretty cool. And I believe it's. I, I was. I was thinking. I'm yammering away telling you all about it, but I don't tell you the time. Actually, I'm glad I looked that up. Four o'clock uh, is opening bell. So, uh, so four o'clock p.m. at Cold Lake, Alberta. So you know, go on Google and check your time zones. But um yeah again I'm not sure when when Curtis is fighting obviously it'll be in that in that earlier time frame cuz it you know obviously the the two heavyweight pro fights will be last so um yeah 4 p.m. on the 25th on YouTube Titans Boxing Club YouTube channel so there we go um speaking of YouTube ah, and this one hurts folks um I got a message today that uh uh Paul from who runs the uh has the Hockey Fight UK channel on YouTube it's been around for about eight eight years um um, yeah it's been around eight years I don't even know how many subscribers 10,000 at least I would assume subscribers thousands anyway for sure but I think it was over 10 um I know he had over 4,000 videos And uh, yeah, out of the blue, YouTube shut his channel down, erased it, and it is gone. For graphic violence was the reasoning, Um, you know. And it's just, uh, and it's you know, he's just another one in the long line of fight channels that are going down. Um, And I feel, and I feel bad for Paul, and uh, because I mean, like I said, eight years, put a lot of effort into it. All those videos, I know, um, you know, and a lot of those videos, um, a- again, the history's gone. And and that, and that's British hockey history. And it's not like, oh, it's a bunch of NHL, oh, it's a bunch of Probert fights, you know, and 30 other people have them up on YouTube. It's like, no, that was a one-of-a-kind channel with one-of-a-kind footage. That was Paul's stuff from the teams. It's No one else has it. It's not out there. And it's gone. And a lot of the older British stuff Paul was telling me is he never, he doesn't have any backups. That was all the footage he had was he just put it onto YouTube. And now it's gone. And, and it's not like, Oh, I have the tape. I'll upload it. I'll make a new channel and upload that. He doesn't have it. It's gone. He, He never, he didn't back it up and, um, or never got around to backing up that certain, the older stuff. And, uh, yeah, so there you go. British, the BISL footage is gone. And uh, once again, we lose history. Um, you know, first it was Drop Your Gloves going down. Then it was, well, first it was Fried Chicken fight site going down. And then the Drop Your Gloves site went down. And then hockeyfights.com erased their message boards. And that's all history that was 10, 20 years old with the stories and the newspaper articles and the clippings and everything else. And it's just like, and it's gone and it's again, erasing history. And, uh, you know, and especially over in the UK, like I said, it's not like it's NHL stuff where a bunch of people, different people have it. And one channel goes down, you know, another one picks up the torch and off they go with the, with the NHL stuff. No one have this UK stuff other than Paul. And, um, yeah, and it's really unfortunate. And Paul's a really good dude, and he did a lot for the community. You know, not only for the UK fans that, you know, um, cause he, he was right up to it. wasn't like me, the old, you know, the old bitter old shit that doesn't put anything up past, you know, 2004 or anything. Like, no, he had, he was right up to date with all the stuff. So, I mean, as soon as you wanted to see anything, he, he was the guy to see. And, um, and if you wanted to see if older, older stuff, I mean, he was your guy. And, um, you know, I, I know the very first BISL DVD I ever got was from Paul and with VL and Mike McWilliam and Bezo and Paxton Scholte and all those guys. And it was like Clayton Norris and to see all that stuff was great. And, um, uh, to know that's not out on YouTube anymore is, um, you know, as a fight fan, it makes me sad. And I know there's a lot of pissed off UK fight fans right now. And, uh, and I know all of us have been blasting YouTube here. All day today, uh, giving them shit, and uh, and hopefully they can you know restore his channel. I mean, I'm not going to say ne- never say never, but eh, that's a pretty tough sledding get YouTube to do anything because the problem becomes everything's automated. It's not like you're talking to a human. That's the thing. It's not like he could just pick up the phone and phone some 800 customer service number and you know plead his case and whatever. It's just like it's just an algorithm, and boom, it's no warning or nothing, and it's gone. And, and, like I said, the bullshit, oh, graphic violence. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, so are you going to shut down the UFC's YouTube channel or the WWE's YouTube channel or the NHL's or the American League's or, you know, like, or any of those channels? HockeyFights.com, is their YouTube channel going to get shut down? It's mine. Like, you know, oh, graphic violence. Meanwhile, we can have, like, the news putting murders on. And, I mean... Uh, The one guy, uh, I enjoy his channel, the ex-cop, the donut operator guy. I mean, he's got body cam footage of shootings and everything else on YouTube. And, I mean, his stuff's on there. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but I'm just saying, I mean, you're going to start throwing around the word graphic, the quote of graphic violence while there's, I mean, there's street fight channels. (laughs) So, this is a game of hockey. Like, I mean, okay, you can call fighting and hockey violent, and well, it is violent. I mean, I'm not saying it's not violent, but you know what I'm saying? It's it's a game, like part of the game. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, you can argue whether that's good or bad, but I'm just saying it's part of the game right now. And uh, so it's not like he's putting anything out of the ordinary up on YouTube. You know, it's not like, oh, it's him and his friends kicking the shit out of each other in their backyard or something. Like, you know, although those YouTube channels exist too. So I don't, you're... But like I said, when you have the NHL and the American Hockey League with channels showing hits and fights and whatever, what, what all of a sudden, what's, why is he, his, him and George and Steve. And there's been a lot of guys with their channels getting shut down. But meanwhile, there are how many more Well, mine's still around, you know, you know, I don't know for how much longer. Cause I mean, the last month and a half, YouTube has been giving me grief. I've already erased, 400 videos over some copyright i don't know what the copyright thing was but i erased all the copyright videos which were 400 and some but um they're still giving me shit so i I don't know how much longer my channel is going to go for um so i i don't know but at the end of the day it's another it's another chapter of fight history being erased and uh yeah and it's really unfortunate and we're losing all of that. And, uh you know, like I said, if you're a fight fan, it's not good. You know, I mean, I'm sure the general fan, they don't give a shit. I mean, whatever. They don't get it. The young kids, yeah, whatever. Bunch of 90s fights, you know, I wasn't even born yet. You know, they don't have any sense of history or they don't give a shit. So, but to older fight fans um, like myself and Searson and, well, probably the majority of people that are listening to this show. Um yeah, it sucks and it's another blow. And like I said, and it's not only just the loss of history from a selfish reason to not see it anymore. But I like I said, I feel bad for Paul and for George and for Steve and, and all the guys that put in time and to upload it, you know, for no, you know, financial gain or any gain on their part, but they they're fans and they wanted other fans to see this stuff and they shared their footage. Now, I know there's lots of guys that have, all oh, they have great stuff and they sit on their footage and they don't share it with anybody. Yeah, that's a prerogative. But, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. But, you know, but these guys had this stuff and wanted to share it with the world. And they sat and took time out of their life to upload. It takes a long time. Nowadays, it takes a long time. It used to be really quick. But now it takes a long time to upload shit to YouTube. Not a long time. You know, You know, five. It's, it's a bit of a, you know, five or ten minute. Yeah, about five minutes which doesn't sound like a big deal, but you put up five or six fights. Well, now you're half an hour, 45 hour long process. Well, you know, so it does take time. So, um, yeah. And like I said, for no gain other than to share it. So, um, on one hand, I, you know, I feel super, like, I feel terrible for Paul. I, you know, cause I know well at some point the way they're going, I'm sure my channel will get erased too. And yeah, that'll, that'll suck. And uh, but the thing is, is like, I have all the DVDs. I can watch all that stuff. I have all that stuff. I can watch it. Um, I, like I said, I feel bad for the, you know, the, not only the fans, but the players who might've been in the fights that enjoy seeing their stuff up. And yeah. Um, so no, it just, it sucks. And YouTube just, you know, like I said, I tweeted at them and whatever. And you're, you it's Bush, man. What you're doing? Like you're just picking and choosing. Like I said, if you if you don't want the violence on your platform, okay. But erase it all then. But like I said, HockeyFights.com still up there. UFC still up there. There's police shootings and everything else on there. If you're if you're really that concerned about violence, well, you better do a mass sweep of your platform then. You know, instead of just picking and choosing. I mean I know it's all automated and probably algorithms at this point but like at the very least then if that's the case and your algorithms that sensitive and it's not really a human doing it it's just the computer doing it okay whatever but then have a support system where a person can phone and talk to a human I know that's crazy in this day and age but with a company but you know like I said this this guy we're not just some Goof with two videos got his videos shut down. Oh, well, whatever. People can't watch him play Pokemon or something. No, this is someone that put in eight years on your platform with over 4,000 videos. Like, don't tell me there's channels that have that much. They, oh, that we just have boatloads of channels that have that much content. No, you, I know you don't. You don't. So that the algorithm can just wipe that out. Nah, you just won't. can't talk to anybody about it. Nah, it sucks to be you. Like, really? This person has, you know, put in eight years on your platform and that's the, you know, that's your level of customer service is a shoulder shrug and, wow, computer's head. Like, that's terrible. So, I really hope that gets straightened out and we can get it back. And like I said, for selfish reasons, from a, from a fight fan standpoint, yeah, that's history, man. I'm tired of seeing history get erased. And for though, I've had a few people asking me, and I, like I said, I didn't want to throw it out there until Steve was ready. But Steve, of course, when probertwasking.com, um, for the last year and a bit, uh, was raising money to start a new drop your glove site. Um, he has been, and he hired a programmer. He has been successful. The site will be coming back up online shortly you know as with any first launch it has its bugs that need to be worked out and him and the programmer and uh he has put the beta i think it's called a beta site i believe was where people could go on there and just kind of he he opened it up to a few you know whatever fight fans that that are going to be contributing fight cards and that type of thing to it and it was basically here like work around the site and just see what because there's obviously bugs in it. And it's like, you know, tell me what's going So people were throwing out suggestions. Oh, you should do it this way, that way, whatever. And that's kind of what's happening right now. But it's in its fin- final state. And it'll be called the Fight Chronicles. That's what the new site is going to be called. And I know he wants to have it up sooner rather than later. It's coming here shortly. And, um, and I hope people will contribute to the site. Also keep in mind that... You're not. It's not just going to be drop your gloves. Like oh, it's it like it never went away. Well, people forget that that drop your gloves site was around for that final that site that you were looking at right before it went down. Well, that site was 15 years old, so that had 15 years worth of history and people inputting into that 15 over those 15 years. So that's why there was so much data and so much information on that site. Well, it was 15 years old, and people were, you know. So, when this new site comes up, obviously it's a brand new site, so it's not going to be, oh, I can go look up Joe Blow's fucking box scores from, the, you know, from 1961. I mean, you know, give it some time. But I know Steve has talked to some of the contributors of the older fight cards. Like I said, that stuff doesn't sort of fall out of the sky. You need, there's people that have collected that data through libraries and newspapers and everything else over the years. Um He has tried to track those people down who did all that um initial data entry into the original Drop Your Love site over the years. He has tried to track them down and hopefully they will... Because again, it's not just, oh, there you go. There's all the WHL fight cards from 1960 to present. Like, no, it's not going to work like that. Um It takes hundreds of hours. I can't even imagine how many hours it would take to input all of that. So... Yeah, so the new site is obviously going to be that new and, uh, please bear with. But, uh, at the same time, if you have anything that you can contribute fight card wise or whatever, uh, please get a hold of Steve. Um, or get a hold of me and I can put you in contact with Steve. And, uh, and, and if, if here's your chance to, Well, I was just talking about with Paul and them erasing history. Well, this is going to be a a way to, uh, uh, once again, document it and create history. Um, Because you just think now, like I said, as a fight fan, what do we have? There's nowhere to go to document any of this stuff. I mean, Facebook... I mean the Facebook group. I mean Alec and you know with the enforced appreciation and of course then the hockey fights and brawls page and what have you. I mean you know those guys try, but uh, you know, but at the same time, it's not really the same thing. Also, you're at the mercy of Facebook with their rules and that type of thing and what they allow to put on there and and such. So um, with this site, it's going to be run by fans owned by fans and run by fans, so um, that'll be kind of our little, you know, as a hockey fight fan, that'll be Mecca, so to speak, so um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that being um, uh, put out on the world here, so um, for those, I know I had a couple of people that had donated money to it, and were kind of like, you know, what's going on with it, it is coming up here, I've seen, I've been on it, I've been on the site, and uh, bounced around it, and uh, yeah, It is a live thing, and it is coming, so, um, and it should be up here shortly, I would think, within a couple weeks, so, um, yeah, look forward to that. The Fight Chronicles will be your new home, folks, for you fight fans, um, but yeah, that was, uh, that still kills me about Paul's channel, terrible, um, yeah, guys, other than that, um, I don't know, I was just, uh, <laughs> well, like I said earlier at the top of the show, I was out at the parents' house there this morning, this morning, uh, tonight, and, uh, oh, God, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but he's flipping, my dad was flipping back and forth from the hockey game to the, the, the rough uh, CFL game. Um, boy, oh, boy. Uh, seven nothing. Nothing's going on. And I'm like, even even the announcers are just like, no, you know, you don't want to get too much going, you don't want to start too much. Just you know, it's the playoffs, and just you just want to get out of here and regroup. And there's no need for any of that. And it's like, oh god, like just. Of course, I think it's probably Craig Simpson or whatever. I mean, he's soft as puppy shit during his career, so no, 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 kidding that he'd be crying about it, but. Oh, then they're, like I said, then the scrum breaks out, and oh my god, then the one, one ref's holding three guys. Ta- oh, they're just in there, they gotta tackle everybody, and oh my god, heaven forbid something breaks out, like, oh, so you got, you know, a bunch of scrums, and everybody's got their gloves on, and no one's gonna throw any punches, it's seven nothing, and... Oh, everyone's, oh, if you instigate something, oh my God, whatever. And then, like I said, then they're skating off. When they kick them all, the game all tens or whatever. So a bunch of them are skating off. Oh, of course two of them are going to, now they're starting to point at the avalanche or the other team's bench and they're swearing at each other. It's like, oh yeah, okay. You know, you know, a minute and a half ago, you're over in the corner holding on to the guy. He didn't throw us and you had all the opportunity. You had nothing but space and opportunity. And you didn't say, you wouldn't say shit if your mouth was full of it when you're out there. Oh, but as soon as you get over to the bench, though, oh, now now you're going to, you know, mouth off to the beat of the band. Point at everybody and, oh, uh, you're lucky. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Shaking in my boots over here. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Just. Then I got to go online. I got to read how exciting it is. Oh, playoff. It's just so exciting. Yeah. After every hit or scrub, you know, we gotta, we gotta look over at the ref and see if he saw that. Hopefully we can, we can draw a call. Oh, oh, gotta hold it. And then you look at the ref and oh, you gotta shake your head. Oh, you didn't see that one. You know, and then we gotta wait for the power plays. No, oh, we gotta score on the power play. Most power plays wins. And, you know, I laughed. I went to the box course. I want to see, yeah, 50 hits for Tampa Bay and 40 or something for Colorado where do they get this shit from? I'm like, holy shit, you talk talking about conspiracy theories. I don't know, that must be that new math or something. I don't know, Nin- 90 hits. Uh, well, they all must have happened in the first period when I wasn't there. Yeah, Because I can tell you the third period that I watched, well, there was a couple, I-, I think they apologized after they threw the hit too. Probably said sorry. Ugh. But I, I don't know. I, I just like I said. I was just watching it, and I'm watching these guys. Like I said, big scrum, and they they had a, c- a couple guys were over in the corner. Nobody does nothing. Like I said, then they're melting off afterwards. And I was just saying to the old man, I'm like, it's just so embarrassing, though. Uh, like I, uh, uh, I mean, I I know it's the episode. What is this episode two eighteen? I mean, yeah, there's. Two hundred seventeen episodes of me yell, rant, and raving about this already. I know I'm. Where is that horse? I want to beat it some more, but it's just like, you know, like I said, I'm sitting here. It's it's a. I'm looking at the computer. It's eleven forty three p.m. I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling philosophical at this point of the evening as we almost get to the witching hour. But just like, when did it become embarrassing? When did when did sports become so embarrassing? And I guess this is 47 year old Darren sitting here in the dark and bitter at the world, maybe or something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I, I have nothing against, I've always said this, I have nothing against the athletes in terms of their athletic ability. They're better than ever. They're machines. What these kids can do is amazing, not only in hockey, but in baseball and everything else. I'm not knocking the athletes. I'm never doing that. I'm just talking about just their actions and just, I don't know, I I guess it's just a different, the mental approach, just the way they approach the game. I'm not, take the playing ability and all that out of it. I'm not, whatever. Hitting's hitting, a slap shot's a slap shot, you know, whatever. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the mindset and their actions around the game, involving the game. Like just, I'm watching the, like, you know, at night here, you get home, we're having supper every night. It's just, you know, it's just the wife and I. You know, whatever, we'll be barbecuing or we'll do whatever. We sit down. Ah, it's usually between 5.30, o'clock. We sit down. Blue J- you know, it's baseball's always on, right? 162 games every night, pretty much. So we'll sit there and watch the Jays game while we eat supper and, you know, and bullshit for an hour or two and, you know, watch a bunch of innings of the Jays game. And then usually she's marking books and I'll bug her off downstairs or whatever. But I sit there and watch the Jays and I enjoy watching the Blue Jay games or whatever. But and then sometimes at night when she's if whatever, I'll be downstairs, I'll put on the Major League Network where they diamond surf and I'll watch everybody and I just sit and watch and every time you get a hit, do you have to point to the dugout and do a stupid dance and just why? I don't Oh, every permanent hits a home run, oh you gotta do a sky point, you gotta kiss this and kiss that and point here and point there and why? Like I was I don't I can't remember who the guy was, but it was 6-1. He's on the, and he was on the losing team. And it's like the 8th inning, no one on, and he hits a solo shot. The guy does a bat flip. Oh, okay, well, congrats. It's 6-2 now. Actually, it was 8-2, now that I think about it. It was 8-2. And this dork is doing some bat flip and Oh, he's got to go around as he's going around 30, you know, obviously he's got to, you know, high five the uh, base coach. And then, oh, pointing at the crowd, then point at the sky. And then, oh, you got to touch home plate and kiss this, cross and blah, blah, blah. And you're pointing here and pointing there. And it's just, it's fucking eight too. Shut up and go sit down. Like, oh my God. And watching the Rider game tonight. Oh, after every tackle, we got to point to the bench. We got to point to the sky. We got to say something to whoever. Constantly. Meanwhile, the clock, the guy picked up seven yards, but this linebacker jumps up like he accomplished something. It's just this constant "look at me" bullshit. It's amazing. I I don't. I mean, I guess their whole, I guess their whole, because they're all in their early 20s now, I mean, so their whole sporting life has been on video. You know, mom and dad have always had the, the phone, the video phone, I mean, we didn't have this when I was growing up, but, oh, the phone's out everywhere, and oh, we gotta, you know, we gotta friggin' videotape little friggin', you know, well, I was gonna say Joe, but God knows their names aren't Joe anymore, we gotta film little Aiden at every friggin' uh, baseball game and whatever else, and just constantly. It's just, it's just this goddamn look-at-me shit all the time. Like, you know, and like, you always throw out the old Barry Sand, like, act like you've done it before. Like, oh, there's no personality, that's why it's boring now. like. Like, I guess, well, I guess that's the, well, I guess these same douche athletes are the same, it's the same douche fans watching them. They have the attention spans of goldfish, and if you don't give them bright lights and TikTok videos every six seconds, they're bored. And, you know. So, yeah, you have to act like a buffoon to keep them interested, I guess. I don't know. Just, uh, I do Just, I don't get it. I, don't, I like I, I, this has no ending. This whole my rant here. I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I was just sitting here, like I said, kind of staring at the roof, talking to you, and just like I said, all the lights are off. The only thing that's on is there's my microphone light, and I'm just sort of like I said, it's almost midnight, and I just I don't know. I guess what longfully long wishing for the the days of yore. <laughs> It's not even that. It's just I understand things change and go forward and the technology and all that. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm just, I'm just the personalities around the game. I, I just, yeah, they're just you're you're all a bunch of big mouth pussies. That's what it is. You're just big mouths. I, I don't know how else to put it, and it's just embarrassing. For me to watch, I mean, I guess some twenty-year-old thinks it's cool, Savage Bra, you know. I mean, I guess they think it's cool, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know, but but yeah. Well, and then that was the other thing to go back to Ice Wars. I, I was I was thinking of that. That was it was. I'm not gonna say it again. Whatever. I, he I think he follows my account, and I didn't even actually know he had a podcast. that was. But I'm like, oh yeah, I found out he did, and I had to go back and listen. But I was just kind of cracked me up. But he had a big issue with Ice Wars. How embarrassing it was! Hey, whatever, you don't like it. That I, okay, that's fine. Um, but oh, Ice Wars is embarrassing to hockey. Oh yeah. Okay, well, it's not hockey. It's, it has nothing to do with hockey. So I don't. Why are we? But. You're trying to make this comparison to the oh the golden years of the Enforcers and you know, probably be rolling over in his grave with ice wart Like, what are you talking about? Well, first of all, dial the drama down. Like I I, I love how the, the some of these old time guys, like they look at the at the Fatillos and the and the old timers and the Schultzes and the O'Reilly's and with just godlike reverence and it's like but it's just like, oh, they had honor and they had this. They had that it's like, oh my God, like you've uh, you, you just church this shit up so much. It's hey, and I love those guys. I like I was just talking about the history of hockey fights, and I respect the history, and I try to preserve it as much as I can, and and share it with people with my through my DVDs and everything. So don't sit there and bounce back at me that I'm some, you know, I don't appreciate history as I've done all I can to preserve it on this show and in my YouTube channel, everything else. So hear me out here before I get some of these old timers jumping down my throat. But, uh, you guys, you love, I think you guys like the smell of your own farts or something, but uh, like uh, what delusional world do you live in? I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are thugs. Like you can call it whatever you want, but they beat people up and they were bullies. There's nothing wrong, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. There's nothing wrong with that. That was the point. That's how you win games back then. Well, to this day, you you would you assert your dominance on people physically, and it takes them out of it mentally. Yeah, that's always that's that's the point. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I wish there was more of that, and it wasn't about like. like i i mean i get no yeah, no i'm no i'm i'm talking to both sides of my mouth now i i get the honor part in the fact that they stuck up for their team and the logo and they sacrificed themselves i get that's true that is true um but i think a lot of times what what they did i think some people are putting way too much Um, into it in terms of um, the honor and and that type of thing. And it's like, well, call it what it is. Like I said, they were bullies that beat people up and whatever. Like, I I don't, what, you can call, like what what Dave Brown did or what Dave Semenko did um, or McSorley, they, there was times to prove a point that they crossed the line and physically injured people to send a message to not, do that to their team, and that's again. That, I'm not downgrade, or I'm not. That's not a. Uh, I agree with it with what they did. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not saying the cross check to Sandstrom's face or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying. In terms of the enforcing and sending a message and sticking, it, yes, I'm in full, wholehearted agreement with that. Uh, in in the policing the game themselves, I well, you can't anymore and that's been my bitch for uh, 218 episodes now. But uh, you can't do that anymore. But I agree with what they how they did it and sometimes a line was crossed and like well like you said you're making almonds, it's going to break a leg now and again. But so sometimes shit went south. Yeah. But you have to take that with the good with the bad or the bad with the good, I guess. But um Yeah. Anyway, the whole point of I don't know what I'm, I'm just, like, I guess I'm just ranting now, but, um, anyway, he had a big issue with Ice wars. how embarrassing it was, it's embarrassing to the, to the enforcing game, and to the game of hockey, and I just, like, said to him, honestly, what could be more fucking embarrassing than the horse shit you're watching now, are you serious, you think Ice Force is the issue? You have have the Carolina Hurricanes doing a storm surge at the end of a game. There is professional athletes playing duck-duck-goose. When Tom Wilson went and slapped the Rangers around last year, what did the Rangers do? Their owner wrote and published a letter chastising the NHL for violence and being mean. And there were... Fans that applauded it. So you want to talk about embarrassing? There was a team that wrote a letter, a public letter, of outcry over the, over the violence and their team being bullied. Oh. Like, you want to talk about Karens in this world. But meanwhile, you're crying that Ice Wars is embarrassing? Are we serious? Look around you, man. How tone deaf are you? Or do you just put blinders on when it comes to the NHL? Because you're an NHL guy? Really? Holy shit. Like, you had people crying about Tyson Nash. When that kid for the Anaheim there was scoring the Michigans or whatever, then they started acting like goofs at the end of the game and Jay Beagle slapped the shit out of one of them and the guy afterwards is doing the interview. It's not right that Jay Beagle did that. He had no right to do that. And he's almost like in tears that his little buddy got beat up. Well, it was because of you, dumbass. And then Tyson Nash is like, well, if you're going to hot dog and act like goofs, you get what you get. Oh, everyone cried about that. Oh yeah, oh Jeff Merrick, oh Mr. Ice Guardians himself, wasn't he on, oh he was he was on Ice Guardians, how, oh the history of fighting and everything else, he's doing sound bites for Scorgi and them, oh he was on Twitter crying about Jay Beagle, oh how things have changed I guess. Seriously? Oh yeah, all these guys crying about it, Your next ex-players crying about what Tyson Nash said. Oh, I guess you can't have skill in the game. Is that's what he's saying? No, that's not what he's. Sa- you know what the fuck he's saying? Who are you? What boots are you licking? No, you act like a goof and you get what you get. Is exactly what he's talking about. And you know that. Uh, you know what? Leaf Girl sixty two on Twitter doesn't. I expect her to not get it. Or Hurricane Boy sixty nine. Yeah, I get you. dumb shit. He's not gonna get it. I'd like to think Ray Ferraro and Craig Simpson would, but clearly they didn't. Or like I said, the Ice Guard, or the ice Guardians guy would get it, and clearly he didn't either. You know. Embarrassing. But yeah, but Ice Wars is embarrassing. Oh yeah. 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 A, b- a bunch of guys fighting at the River Creek Casino that happens to be on ice wearing MMA gloves, but you're going to call it hockey. And somehow it's just a—it's a slight to Terry O'Reilly and Stan Jonathan, and Bob Gasoff. Oh, okay, sure. Dial the drama down, you know. That—that <laughs> that horse left the barn years ago, man. Yeah, Ice Horse is the blemish on the sport. Oh yeah, Ice Horse is. if <laughs> you've been watching this shit for the last fifteen years. oh Oh, yeah yeah no yeah ice horse is the problem oh god and like I said I wouldn't have said anything about this if it was some 17 year old saying that because I don't know any different anyway this dude's older than I am he's been around and it's not just him I mean I've, I've seen a bunch of people saying it it's just like hey if you don't like the event i that's fine i get it i get what people don't yeah it's a shit show yeah yeah it is whatever but you somehow think this is hurting hockey's reputation oh god get over it so and so what so what do you really think these hockey twitter nerds that like, oh, we and us. And they're discussing the the left-shot defenseman and their first pass analytics. Do you think they're watching Ice Wars? Do you think they know anything? They don't know what Ice Wars is or what's going on. They're not paying any attention to this. I think they're listening to this show or Alec Five for Fighting Podcast. Do you think they're listening to any of this shit? Oh, Christ, no. We're just, we're Grandpa Simpson over here to them. You know, and probably in a lot of ways, they're right. But at the same time, I look at their show and I just hear ignorant horseshit that they just regurgitate with the hockey news that The Athletic told them. i I, not a word of a lie. There was somebody talking about, with the draft coming up here, they were talking about some some prospect. And some guy, I read it, I laughed. And he's just Joe Blow on Twitter, just... Jim Smith from Ontario, whatever, just some fan, you know, Leaf fan and whatever, the Raptors and whatever. He was talking about, it was some kid in, he was an American, I think he was a college kid. No, he was, no, he played in the USHL, I think. Junior A in the States somewhere, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Anyway, he he re- and he used it. He I loved it. I loved it. I laughed my ass. I laughed for five minutes. I read his thing and he goes, "Oh, that's the one thing I love about G- Billy, the defenseman here, his compete meter." He actually said this. I like this guy actually say that with a straight face. I mean, we use the compete meter around the shop like as a joke. Like, oh, we oh look at Pete here. He's going today. Look at that. Oh, look look at the compete meter today. And we laugh about it. This dork was serious when he... And you know he's sitting around doing his own little scout scouting things. And he's using every cliche that he's heard on every intermission panel. See, the thing is, the guy that's saying that is like either a GM or he's a scout or he's an ex-player. He knows what he... Like, he's using the slang... But I could tell you, old Pete from Scarborough here on Twitter has no idea what this guy is talking about when he's talking about, like, compete meter and all this. But he's heard it on a bunch of, you know, he heard it on Leafs Lunch a few times, you know, and, oh, yeah, so he's throwing that into his everyday lexicon. Yeah, compete meter. I loved it. I was like, oh, my God. And then a girl comes on, and he says she types out, like, some bold thing, like, oh, I'll show the world here. Yeah, do you know who really gets analytics? Tampa Bay and Colorado. Think about that. Oh, okay, w- what are we thinking about? Every team does. Every team has an analytics department. So I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry, number geeks. You you, you took over. You found a way to weasel your way into the game. Oh, you calculator goofs. But from baseball to football to hockey. Every pro team, hell, junior teams have analytics now. I laugh, though. She boldly writes it like somehow she's making some huge statement. Like, see, these these are the two teams that use analytics, and they're in the final. Told you, you know. And then you click on her profile. Oh, of course, she has some analytic company, and oh, she's a contributor for this and that, and oh yeah, she's got a little blue check mark. Oh yeah, hire her to all oh, your analytics data entry or whatever. It's like, okay. Like you're making some big, you're making some big push for analytics. Chalk another one up for the analytics people. I always love it. it's us versus the old man, the old men, the old hockey men versus the analytics people. (laughs) No, it's not. You've made it that way in your minds. You somehow think this is some big war. They know. They have an, every team's got analytic department. They're using them. The only difference is, is analytic people like to think that the whole world and the whole sport revolves around whatever formula calculation that they came up with, whereas, like, hockey guys could tell you uh, by watching a, 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 how a player plays. There's an eye test. Well, those don't work anymore. Yeah, Yeah, they kind of do. But they'll mix it in with some of the numbers. And they come to the conclusion. Like, you all want to act like you reinvented the wheel. You know what the problem is, though, with the numbers and everything else? You know, I'll I'll go back to the baseball. It's like, yeah, it's like literally everything is so overcoached now. I mean, God forbid somebody throw more than 80 pitches. I was watching the Jays game the other day, guys cruising along, no, I think he's only giving up three hits, pitching a three hit shutout, oh yeah, they got to pull him, he gets one out in the one inning and then it's like, oh yeah, they got to bring in the you know the, the lefty, oh yeah, and who proceeds to, you know, gives up two hits in a row, then they bring in another guy who gives up a three run bomb, it's like, oh well, probably should have left the other guy in who was throwing the three hit shutout, you'd think, but no, oh he's at 80 pitches and you know th- this guy this guy hits really well with the in the dome with the lights on when the wind's going east to left or left to right and uh, you know and it's uh, on Tuesdays like oh yeah I don't know it's everything's just so overcoached over analyzed the numbers sometimes they get way too cute for themselves and they rely way too much on this shit and it's just like just see how he's doing how's he going it just go that way. But the same thing, it's like these numbers, it's like, oh, we're going to build a team based on my calculator. It's like, no, you know, like I said, some of that, some of that helps, but without a doubt, but no, it's, a, it's like everything. There was a great line one time about analytics. It's like, it's like a bikini shows you a lot, but not everything. Yeah. It's the same. But yeah, I love your, yeah. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trailblazer, man. Trailblazer. But, I don't know. What, what, you know, it's at the 50 minute mark. I don't know if I have much more to say. Oh, yes, I do. Haha. My old friend Shane Guilfoyle, uh, he used to run the history of hockey. Um, he is, he's gone. He is, no, he's not gone. I'm not trying to, he's dead and buried or anything. Um, but he no longer has the podcast, but, um, it was a list that I had, of course. My li- Tim, I got a list for you. Well, kind of. Tim's been really, I know he's been chomping at the bit here for a list, but it's not so much a list. It's more of uh, Shane's Mount Rushmore. The Colorado Avalanche Tough Guy Mount Rushmore. And um, I didn't even know I had this. And I just saw the, the um, it was the milehighsticking.com Tough Guy Mount Rushmore was the link. So I clicked on it, and I just, I was scrolling, and I noticed, uh, yeah, Shane wrote this. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like Shane. Let's see what Shane had to say. He had a great... Pod- His podcast was outstanding. Um, the amount of time and effort he put into it was unreal. Um, uh, yeah, well, here we go. S- several months ago, I was a guest on an enforcer-centric podcast. The five for friendly podcast. I-, I was asked to name my top five enforcers of all time. Despite my awareness of being a guest on an enforcer-based podcast... Pardon me, the question took me by surprise. In fact, I'm ashamed to admit it. It tied me up and hit me in the head like pro on McSorley. I stumbled and tripped and hummed and hawed on my way through at my gaff of an answer and pretty much just embarrassed myself. I freely admitted I'm no expert in fights or fighters, but my terrible answer haunts me so much so that I'm writing this article several months later. Now we can now we come to the purpose of this post. Who are my favorites that I put on my Mount Rushmore of Colorado slash Quebec Nordique fighters. So why not a top five? Why not take a second crack at the task given to me on that podcast? Well, because everyone has a Mount Rushmore of something, right? Uh, but this, this really, I chose a famous monument for the exact reason it has but four spots. This makes the exercise all that much more difficult. In my quest to redeem myself, if only in my own eyes, I need some criteria for my favorite guys. I know whether it's gonna be a gut level, but I felt I needed more info to present here. Simply saying these guys are my favorites makes for a rather short article. What is this each player's worthiness based on exactly? To answer that question, I brought in some help. After some reduced price consultations with a couple friends who are huge fight fans, the following criteria was set in place: heart, toughness, pims, and longevity. Wins are great, but I also love a dude who will just answer the bell. Pims with the franchise. It shows how busy they were during their tenure. Longevity, playing with and fighting for the franchise. Because I don't want to pick a guy who played six games. All right. The face of the mountains, of course, appear in no particular order. This is not a one through four ranking. Judging who is the best of the best, this isn't something I can do. I'll leave that up to you, all the readers. Here we go. Shane Guilfoyles, Colorado Avalanche slash Quebec Nordiques, Mount Rushmore. First, we have Dale Hunter. Played with the Quebec Nordiques from 1980 to 1987. And then with the Avalanche from 98 99. During his tenure with the Nordiques, he played in 500 games. Added uh, 67 in the postseason. He notched an eye-pop in perhaps literally 1,800 penalty minutes. In Denver, he ranked th- in 31 games after being acquired from Washington. He ranked up 55 penalty minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, what, uh, you know, what is he, the third most penalized player of all time? And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and well, a solid player, too. He had over a thousand points and 3,500 penalty minutes. So, yeah, that's, that's a good pick. I agree. Uh, next, we have a chiseled cheekbones in the rock of Cody McLeod. Uh, ever since his time in the Manitoba League, he's been ranked, he's ranked in the Pims. His NHLW came with Colorado in 2007. He had 59 appearances and 146 minutes in the box. Uh, though he's was never much of a points threat. It doesn't matter. He's happy caving in someone's head for the team. When it came to actual fighting, McLeod didn't care. if the Fisticuffs came at the opening faceoff in the dying seconds of the game. I really enjoyed watching the guys smack around whoever needed it. McLeod netted 1,460 penalty minutes. Um, stayed on the avalanche permanently from 08 until moving on to Nashville in 2017 during his time at the his man gave just about everything he had that was asked for him. Uh, yeah, man, Cody McLeod, and to think that guy still played. The guy played this season. As I'm saying it, did he not? Yeah, he hold on, hey, hold on. Yeah, he played the last three seasons there with the Iowa Wild. He had like 150 minutes this year. Yeah, he's still swinging, man. I, uh, I dig Cody McLeod. Like I said, I watched him in the dub and stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm. That's good picks, man. So far, I'd agree. Yeah, like you said, with longevity and everything. Yeah, yep. The next one I'd carve on the mountain, Adam Deadmarsh. Hmm. Right, final year in Quebec. See, that's the other thing with this, folks. Um, with these, with these, li- I don't go through the lists beforehand. I always say, whenever I do these lists, I'm, I, I'm discovering these with you guys. So you're getting my, um, uh, genuine reaction. Um, see, that's why I didn't know Cody McLeod hadn't played. It was, if he was playing or not anymore, I would have done that ahead of time. Um, yeah, so this is my genuine reaction as uh, I'm hearing this along with you guys for the first time. So. Um, Deadmarsh played for the organization from its final year in Quebec until 2001 when he was dealt to the LA Kings for Rob Blake. Uh, Deadmarsh appeared in a total of 541 games the organization and earned 800 penalty minutes. Um, yeah, Deadmarsh is interesting. Um Man, uh, Matt. Well, I always think about him. And I just feel that I feel bad for him that tough knockout he took from Jovanowski. I know that really did a lot of damage to him. And I know he had a you know real tough concussion from that, and uh, it took a long time for him to battle back. But even when he came back, I'll give him credit. The first time they played Vancouver again, he fought Jovanowski. Um, yeah, he's a first round pick, real solid player. You know, twenty some goal guy all the time, hundred minutes, power forward. Um. Yeah, Deadmarsh, it was solid. Solid career. And, um, you know, I, I, it, it's, uh, this is just me personally. Um, it, it's one of those guys I always sort of, I, I, sleep on Deadmarsh a lot. Like I don't, uh, like when people talk about top power forwards or whatever, I always sort of forget about him. Um, I didn't actually realize he played 506. I didn't realize he played that many games. I thought his career got, um, not that I was wishing it was or anything, but I, I, I thought his career got cut a lot shorter than that. Like if somebody had said Deadmarsh I would have thought he only played like three hundred and seven games. I forgot about the you know, the years in LA I forgot he played for LA at all. I actually Yeah, for some reason I thought he actually his career ended in like I always thought he was a Colorado guy. I forgot about now that I'm saying this, I remember LA now, but yeah, off the top of my head not initially. Um but yeah, again, I remember him from Portland on those dub tapes and uh you know, tough guy in Portland. I know the one year there he had I think he had a hundred points at two hundred minutes. Um yeah, man, I'm, I'm, he wasn't the biggest guy, but, um, just a solid player. Um, I, I don't know, maybe overall he, you know, maybe Colorado wishes he maybe have scored, he could have scored more. Um, you know, but cause I think he was just like a, well, here I'm looking at his stats now. Yeah. Like 20, uh, 33, 22, 22, 18. Yeah. So, I mean, he never put up the 40 or 50 goal year or anything, but, um, well, now I'm looking at his junior stats. He didn't put up 50 in junior either. I thought he did. Um, best totals were 43 one year, but yeah, 43 goals, 99 points, 212 minutes. Yeah. 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 In his draft year. Um, yeah, but he's just a real solid player. And, uh, yeah, I, I like, I like Deadmarsh Marsh as a player. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, unfortunately had some head issues and, uh, yeah, I think he obviously retired early, but, um, yeah, Deadmarsh. Marsh, interesting pick, Shane. Who do you got for number one? Scott, the Sheriff Parker. There you go. One way you can say, near, per, this dude was straight-up murderer. No one, uh, there's no one he wouldn't fight. He spent parts of six seasons in Colorado. He was well-known for the huge tough guys in team history. He's most well-known, in fact. That could be said that all the damage during his tenure. Uh, 237 games, he piled 538 minutes. Um... Parker for my money redefined barbarism, barbarianism. Also from the above mentioned, film. Oh, always talking about ice guardians. He discusses his training measure uh, regiment. Oh yeah, he wrapped wrapped his knuckles in chains and punched trees. Um, uh, another for it's interesting with Scott Parker. Uh, as I said last week, I had Daniel Amesbury on the show, and uh, when he played for the Denver Cutthroats in the Central League, um, Scott Parker actually came to some of the games and would come out in the ice and practice with them. And him and Amesbury, uh, you know, you got Parker showed him a few fighting techniques. And he said they were vicious, man. Some of the shit Parker was showing him. And he's like, I won't talk about too much of it on the air. But he did mention a couple. And uh pretty vicious. Yeah, Parker was a vicious dude, man. And he was, when you're fighting, you were fighting. There was no good luck, bro, and bum taps after. It was all business. But uh Parker's a bad dude, man. So there you go, Shane Guilfoyles, Mount Rushmore, Dale Hunter, Adam Deadmarsh, Scott Parker, and um, yeah, it was um and and Cody McLeod. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, what are you going to do? I, I'm not going to really argue. I mean, ah, if you wanted to get into the color, the Quebec, I mean, you could have brought up Gore Donnelly or you know, Jim, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Chris Simon. I might have had Chris Simon on there, but again, you wanted to throw in the longevity part, so um, yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, there there's uh, uh there everybody has their lists that they would do. I mean you have twist and Kimball and all that stuff and uh but again I don't think the longevity part was there, so um I'm like completely drawing a blank on like Nordique spiders right now. Um I don't know why. Uh ah. anyway. Uh, it's, it's late folks. It's that's, it is now 12, 18. So, uh, forgive me for uh, not being, uh, sharp and on top of my game at this, at this particular juncture in the evening. But, um, yeah, how about we wrap it up? Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, did I even get into the sponsors? Uh, well, I'm doing the sponsors at the end No, like I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network uh, There's over 50 shows in the network All the NHL teams are represented So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a podcast for you And of course, Alec I know I should have said this at the start of the show Now I'm wondering if I did or not ah, I'm not going to go back and check If I did, you're getting it twice But uh, Alec over at the 5 for Fighting Podcast um, he just had a, a returning guest in Nico Blashman. Great interview. Uh, he talked about his first season in the East Coast League. Of course, he was tied for the East Coast League in fights and, uh, basically just go over his fights and some of the incidents that happened and just his feeling on his first year as a pro. And it was an enjoyable interview and a good, yeah, tough kid. And I enjoyed it. And, uh, and Alec has been doing great things with his, uh, his YouTube channel. Um, yeah, hopefully his sticks around. Uh, five for fighting on YouTube. Uh, check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Um, he, he put up, basically just started this year and he's put up all the East Coast League fights that have come th- from this year. And, uh, and he's just starting to put up some compilations. He just put out the best of, uh, you know, 21-22 East Coast League and, uh, Nico Blackman's, uh, career fights his his, this year's fights for him. And so yeah, definitely, uh, subscribe to his channel. Check it out. Uh, his podcast, tremendous. Like I said, you know, I, I hate giving him credit, but I will. But, uh, he has a tremendous back catalog. They'll buy Lois Segroy, uh, Rob Ray, Ken Tasker. Definitely give it a listen. Get Check it out. Does a great job. For a young kid, like I said, I always yell at those damn kids, but, uh, he, he's got the, uh, he's got the old timers, uh, passion for it anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's cool to see. So, but yeah, Five for Fighting podcast. Check it out. And for myself, uh, yeah, my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, as well as Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, give me a follow. Um, uh, I'm always putting up videos and pictures and that type of thing. And, uh, like I said, if you, if you're on there, drop me a line through direct message. If you're not on social media, uh, email me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email, um, with suggestions or, <laughs> uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, I'm, I always love to hear from you guys. And, um, yeah. And, Other than that, guys, it's about it. Um, As I always said, I know there's a million podcasts out there to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to this one, I thank you. And um, I greatly appreciate that you took the time to listen. And like I said, uh, I do two shows a week, Wednesday and Sunday. And uh, I know, that, like I said, there's a million podcasts. And uh, if you want to, if I'd be uh, honored if you'd throw the fourth line voice into your listening rotation. And, uh, I'm always, I'll try to do is trying to get guys lined up to do some interviews, get some fellow fight fans on here. And, uh, like I said, just, uh, you know, as the, as the season, almost a couple more games here and then, uh, you know, the dog days of summer and, uh, but I'll be here and, uh, uh, throwing, you know, like I said, if I have guests on, we'll find out a topic. Hey, the Bob Probert invitational tournament's coming up here soon. We'll be talking about that. Of course, I have some guests, um, lined up here hopefully we just got to pick a time and uh record and uh in the meantime please check out the back catalog i've interviewed a lot of great guys and i think you'd get a kick out of checking them out so uh other than that guys i gotta get out of here i'm getting giddy and i gotta go work tomorrow morning too so uh yeah never ends sunday morning but uh anyway guys thank you very much and i will talk to you cats on wednesday thanks everybody